This episode of the podcast is with Cages. Um, I'm not going to say much about it, but um, Nola was on my podcast before. She had some... She went through a few things in the last couple of years, and this is what this this episode is about. It's best to probably hear it um, from her mouth. But we did this interview right after her performance, A World in Song, which was a benefit for crisis services. If you listen to the interview, you'll see why this benefit was done um, last, well, earlier this year, back in August. Uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy, or actually listen to what Nola has to say, because it's very um, informative, inspiring, and definitely probably the most important interview I think I've done. So enjoy. Thanks. Called. What show are we talking about? <laughs> Stop it. Don't know about you, Cages, Lady Cages. Yeah. <laughs> that your official stage name, Lady, Lady Cages? Lady Cages, no. Lady Cages? It's not. It's not. Cages? Cages. Cages? Turn off your cell phone. <laughs> I don't even, no one even calls me. Why does no one call you? Because I'm single and I don't use Tinder. Because no, I'm single. Can we Tinder. put that out there? <laughs> Yo, she, guys, she is single. Oh. Oh. Okay, she's a single. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, she's a single. Okay. 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 Are we doing, like, <laughs> oh, God. What? Okay. Okay, I'm back here with Cages. When did we do the last interview? It was like July 2018. So it's 2019 now. I, I think so. I, I haven't it? published that one. You still have to listen to that one to see if we're going to publish it. Or do you want to yeah. publish it now? I think that we should like listen to it and compare, like be like the before and after. Sounds like a good idea. So how are you doing, Cages? Um, just had your show. Yeah, I think it's funny. Like, things are really sort of chaotic and messy, but it's like, how am I doing? I'm I'm doing pretty good. Like, it's really hard right now, but it's like sort of, it's fine. Yeah. In a lot of ways, but it's it's hard, it's challenging. Why do you think it's challenging? Cuz I think that um there's a lot of things that happen this year and I sort of think ultimately it's challenging for me to navigate through the world right now because I feel like people don't know what to do with what happened and I feel like um it's like sort of like I have nothing but I have everything kind of thing 
Do you want to? That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you want to refresh people's memories as to what happened? Yeah. So um, on May eight, twenty eighteen, um, I got into an argument with someone. I was, I guess you would say, dating or whatever. And um, I took my own life on May 8th. As a result um, of a lot of things in that circumstance. And uh, I was clinically dead. Do I have to go through this whole thing? As much as you want to. Well, it's like, oh no, now we already messed up the podcast. It's fine. This is part of like, the organic method here. Yeah. <laughs> We're non-GMO. We're non-GMO. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, you know, I was placed in a medically induced coma. Um, I had a traumatic brain injury because I was without oxygen. They say... And I'm still sort of like, how is this possible? But all the information that I gathered in the past says I was without oxygen for up to 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, My body was cooled down in a procedure they reserve um, for like stroke victims to to preserve parts of your brain. Mm -hmm. Um, So like basically you're blue. There's tubes sticking out of you and wires, and you probably look like a a crazy robot. Um, I was intubated. They punctured my right lung when I was intubated. Um, I had in-hospital pneumonia. Um, Jeez, Louise. I I woke up from my coma um, almost a week later, and... um, I was, like, pretty horrifying, people say. Like, my tongue was sticking out of my mouth. I lost part of my tongue. Um, I was, like, just talking gibberish. Mm-hmm. I can speak right. I, you know, I had a diaper on. <laughs> I was shitting in a fucking diaper. <laughs> You're not the only one. <laughs> So, like, I know I'm laughing, but I still have a sense of humor. Because, mm-hmm. like, what else can I do besides laugh? How much of that do you actually remember? Or is it from people so telling you? I remember parts of it. Like, I remember um, throwing up when they took the breathing tube out of me. If I close my eyes or remember. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, throwing up. And I remember my mother... And her friend, um, my face was, like, wounded. There was a wound on my chin, like a deep cut. And the right side of my face, they said, was all swollen with bruises. And, like, it was all messed up. But um, I remember my mom, like, tending to my wound on my face. And um, I remember, like, learning how to walk in the hospital. And I remember, like, learning how to run and just, like, feeling like a child. Like, when you get the training wheels off your bike and you're, like, your parents are, like, go, 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 go. Except there was, like, this 
sort of beautiful joy where it was like, holy shit, I'm walking. Like, mm. running was really cool. <laughs> yeah. So, I remember How long were you in the hospital? From May 8th until June 5th. So, almost a month. Mm-hmm. Um, how soon after you got out of the hospital did you... I guess you probably still don't feel normal, but... Yeah. How long did it take you to feel normal or to like kind of like re- resume like life as it was, I guess? Well, the strange part, I still don't feel normal. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm not aware and conscious about my energy, like managing my energy, managing what, you know, how much water I'm drinking, what I'm eating, um, who I'm around... Um, what I'm around, what my environment is like. If I'm not very sort of receptive or like, not receptive, I'm not like conscious about what I'm exposing myself to and how I'm guiding my thoughts, then I start to regress. Mm -hmm. Um, I still don't feel normal. Like people think they see me or hear me, or they see a picture, and they're like, oh, she's great, bye. Yeah. And it's like, no, like, I'm not going to present myself where I am, you know, at, like, whatever time of day where I'm so fatigued, I have to, like, curl up in a ball or, like, put my feet up because my blood pressure is dropping or, like, having memories come back is really exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful, but it's, like, if you see something and a memory comes back and it's like boom, 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 boom. Like it's like your brain can only handle too much. And it's like so many things are happening in my brain right now where like things are re-sparking and reconnecting that it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And not only that is I, um, I had to go back to my work at um, a health system where I was essentially doing in-home healthcare coordination similar to social work mm-hmm. in which I had no education in, but I was servicing clients who took their own lives, who um, had substance abuse, who were abusive, um, who were, you know, like people coming out of prison, people, all sorts of people. And I had to service them with no judgment. So how, and I was servicing people with brain injuries. It was you, like perverse. Were you doing that before you? Yes. Before everything happened. And I was able to do that job because I remembered how to do it from before my injury. Mm-hmm. Like as far as the computer system, um, the schedule. I had to use Microsoft Outlook to remember everything. Like I was like the movie memento. I had post its. <laughs> Lock yeah. your door. Um, turn off the burner. Yeah. You put your chapstick here. Um, like, you need shampoo. You need tampons. Oh, my God. Tampons. And, like, I couldn't remember when I got my period or anything. Like, everything was off cycle because your brain secretes hormones. Mm-hmm. You know, people forget what these things do. And people also forget that we are actually way smarter than we probably ever assumed. Mm-hmm. So I think um, 
that's what I'm finding anyways. But, like, yeah. you know, do I feel normal? I've never been normal. Anyone who's ever known me since I was a kid would probably be like, she's kooky. Mm-hmm. She's weird, man. But, like, I... That's okay. Was it... I mean, was it hard, like, working with people who had the same issue you did? Or was it easier, do you think? It was emotionally hard. And also, I I didn't know where my boundary and limit was to say, well, I committed suicide. I understand. Um... I was in a terrible relationship, you know. Um, my family, um, I loved them, but they were, you know, kooky. They were scattered. They were um, dysfunctional. Um, you know, it, it. it's really hard for me to, like, cross the line, but there were certain people that I said, I understand you have memory problems, Um I do too. And then I would show them what I do to remember things. And I had to sort of implement my own methods on everything in my life, like right down to how I organized my underwear, my socks. Mm -hmm. Um, And I made up stuff all by myself, which I'm really proud of. It's not like someone came into my home and said, Nola, this is what you do. Like, I had to figure everything out. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of beautiful. Like, everything happened naturally. Because I've been a creative person. And I've been a sort of visual person where, like, as far as the arts go, like, I have um, a thing that's with me since I was a kid. But I was, like, able to utilize my creativity for survival for the first time in my life. Mm-hmm. For complete survival. Like, everything in my car was organized, like, in my bag, like, my purse. I mean, you can't remember shit. You're like, yeah. where's my phone? Every five minutes. Like, you're right, You're like, where's my bank card? Every week, I would lose my bank card. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Has it gotten better in the, in the year yes. since? It's gotten better, and, like, I still do the same things. Like, just to um, reinforce my memory. And it's not like it's back Mm -hmm. all the way. Like, especially, I've been under really high stress. Um, I've been, like, super high stressed out because I was let go from a job because of complications with my brain injury. Mm -hmm. Um. So I right now, like, I had to apply for food stamps mm-hmm. for the first time since I was a student. Well, that was emotional as well as, well as like, once again, I'm like, oh, am I going to see one of my old coworkers down at SNAP, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm ashamed. Um, you know, like, how how was the system turned about? You know, like, the system failed me. But we failed each other. That's what I believe. But that doesn't mean we have to, like, be negative. It means that um, we could turn that around. Mm -hmm. We could, like, that's what I feel I am here to do. You know? Yeah. That's why I'm sharing my story to Mm -hmm. 
talk about things because no one's talking about things. Like when people like suicide or abuse or mental health or stress or whatever, like maybe you have diarrhea. Like, I was... <laughs> don't need to talk about diarrhea, okay? <laughs> like, I mean, like, we don't talk about things. Yeah. And that's the problem. Like, even people who are like posting things, living their life through a screen, they're not living it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, I'm out here doing things in reality. So is that why you decided to have your show with um, your show a few weeks ago? The show was done for several reasons, mm-hmm. um, which were very important to not me, not Dave, not our, you know, not the few friends I still have that are close to me um, and actually new friends that sort of persevered mm-hmm. and sort of sprouted up and said, I stand behind you. Mm-hmm. Um, we did this show for a lot of reasons. Um, and once again, it was sort of like all these beautiful things kept happening. We did this show so we could take something that was totally fucking ugly and horrid. Sorry. <laughs> Something that was really gross. Mm-hmm. Obscene. Um, and turn it into something beautiful. And we did that. And we thought very hard about how we were going to do that. And also because I couldn't sing when I got out of the hospital. My speech was so compromised in my voice. Mm-hmm. It was also to, to rehabilitate me physically, emotionally. Um, it built me up. It gave me purpose. It gave me goals. I saw myself achieving goals. Mm-hmm. And it, it became such a beautiful thing. And it kept growing me. It was like, you know, I was like a blossom, you know. And, I, I, you know, like, my friend, my band, Dave, he says, you know, I haven't blossomed yet. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm working towards that. But So, like, what was the message of the show? The, the message a of world, the show. It was a world. A world in song. in song. So, when I was in my coma, I had death experience. Mm-hmm. And I was... You know, I saw a tunnel. Um, I was in a blue translucent tunnel. It was like navy blue. The ground looked like velvet. And there were like diamonds and stars all around me. And I was inside my body. It wasn't like out of body. Mm-hmm. And um, I was shooting through the tunnel, like speeding, speeding. And I saw angels Mm -hmm. and they were like figures of light. They weren't like opaque or like they weren't, they didn't look real. They were like ghostly almost, but they were beautiful, Mm -hmm. beautiful, bright figures of light spreading their arms open, looking at me and smiling. 
smiling and speaking to me and singing. Mm-hmm. They were singing music. They were singing to me, and I heard talking and whispering in my ears. Mm-hmm. And I saw the face of um, the percussionist John Mueller, who is from Wisconsin, and Cages has worked with him before, and um, like open shows for him um, in several cities in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and um, he's also a friend of Dave and mine, and um, he was in the tunnel with me. I kept seeing his face flash in front of me, and he was talking to me and talking to me, and his eyes were closed, and I was, like, trying to figure out what John was saying. And I'm quite sure at this point he was saying, I love you. And I got to the end of the tunnel, and there was, like, a ledge. Mm -hmm. And my feet got to the end, and I was, like, teetering, like, almost falling forwards into the light, into the clouds. There's, like, clouds and light. And I tell people, I think I saw a door with glass, like, far off in, in the light, in the clouds. And I, instead of going forward and falling into the light, I was teetering like on the ledge and I fell backwards into the darkness. And I fell faster and faster than I ever was shooting forward. I fell backwards faster. Mm -hmm. And the reason why we did the show is I also remember seeing an image of David in the hospital and he was sitting next to my hospital bed and I was looking at myself and David and my nurse Kina in the ICU and David was holding my hand and there's a light over the bed like a fluorescent light Mm -hmm. and I remember that moment and I told Dave about this death experience probably in late July or something I didn't tell him right away and he was like what he's like what happened you heard music and you saw John and you saw me and he was like pretty much astounded and he said when I was in my coma he felt the urge he, he heard a voice inside of him that told him to call people that I admired, mm-hmm. um, people that I admired, or musicians, and people who were, who were close to me. And all those people really were artists or musicians. And he asked them, he said, I feel compelled to call you, and, and um, can you send Nola energy? Can you send her something? Um, to maybe welcome her back to this world. Because mm-hmm. they're going to try to warm her body up and wake her up from her coma. And people said, I'll do it. And one of those people were John Mueller. And I didn't know Dave did that till he told me mm-hmm. in mid-July 
when I told him about my death experience. And he also told me that there was a moment he was at the ICU at night and he described the room to me after I described the room to him. But I didn't know what it looked like because I was in a coma in the ICU, but it was exactly what he said to me. So really something insane happened. He said there was a night where he was at the ICU and he was talking to me and the nurse Kina said she could hear you and a tear pulled up in my, I think he said my right eye. Mm -hmm. And that's when Kina said she could hear you, she hears you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was like somehow uh, the paths like crossed, like yeah. intersected the mm -hmm. realms. Yeah. So how soon after like this experience happened did you wake up, I guess? Did it happen immediately after? Or? No. Um, the death experience, I don't know. Mm -hmm. People ask me that. Like, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could have been in one second. Yeah. You know, it could have been in my coma. You know, and people think, oh, you're a pump full of drugs. Well, it really wasn't. Mm -hmm. Like, if you know me, you know I don't take pharmaceuticals really at all. Mm -hmm. Like, unless I have, like, you know, an infection and I need, I need like, amoxicillin or something. Mm -hmm. And even then, I'm like, no, I don't take. That's just my choice. So how soon after Dave, like, you know, was contacting people, did you wake up? Um, I think he did that on Wednesday or Thursday. Mm -hmm. And I woke up, I think, Saturday or Sunday. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. We thought it was important and beautiful not only to share the music and the experience that I had, but other people experience it with me. Because mm -hmm. it's not like you take your own life and others don't feel something. Mm -hmm. So like friends or family, you know, they feel it too. So it was like to sort of communicate larger things that we can't communicate with a sentence, mm -hmm. with words, with communication. Like it's something that you know, music could do for us. Mm -hmm. Our work, if done right, can speak for us. If it's done right. Mm -hmm. And if it's done with the most pure intention. It has to be a pure intention. And that is how we set out on this path. And also, it was to give me a voice, to share my story of, of my entire lifetime. Of the path I've walked, of my pain, of my joy, of my death, of my life, mm -hmm. you know. And I don't use the word rebirth. I To me, it was like I was born. Yeah. You know, to me, it was like it, it, it has changed my life. Do you feel like... um? Like, do you feel like there was a message you were trying to get across people other than the music? Like, were you, you know, you were feeling the music and writing the music. Were the songs new for the for the for the, the first the first piece? Um, tune, T U N, um, 
yeah, that was all new. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of like when we were writing that, it was sort of like I started writing stuff on um, a harmonium mm-hmm. that the musician Ravi Padmanabha let me borrow mm-hmm. to sort of, he let me borrow that to begin working on my voice because mm-hmm. it's super easy to like follow. Mm-hmm. And um, we started writing it with that. And it was sort of like testing things out like, okay, what did it look like in there? What did it sound like? Like, let's try something out. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, we kept building and building and building and like everything in that piece represented me coming back to life. That's why the percussion at the end were like a heartbeat pounding mm-hmm. at the end. Mm-hmm. And it was like, boom. So I remember at the end of the first the first mm-hmm. song, that guy came out to talk. Mm-hmm. And like Noah kind of, from Just Buffalo Literary kind of, Center. I guess kind of explain what he was saying, you know, what he was trying to get across in that part at um, the end there. Noah. So Dave and I had worked with Noah a few years back at um a Just Buffalo Literary Center performance at mm-hmm. the silos. And so he was familiar with our work. So there was some sort of unspoken language. Mm-hmm. And he's a poet. He's a writer. And we asked him to write a poem mm-hmm. to reflect this experience. Mm-hmm. Like, and that was the cool thing we did with this music is we sort of let each musician or artist do what they were good at. We didn't, like, force people to not be not do their work or not contribute we wanted people to contribute Mm -hmm. their take on things their perspective what they want to share their love you know so Noah's poem was sort of capturing the darkness and despair I felt before things Mm -hmm. And feeling trapped in the space where no one could hear me, no one could see me. Mm-hmm. Um, just sort of trapped in falling into darkness and considering taking my own life as a way to escape. Uh, so that, that message was more, that is not the right way to get through. Mm-hmm. You don't have to feel alone. That was one of the messages of that poem and also, it was also about feeling, you know, like I kept going back to this person that was not very nice to me. And I kept going back and going back because it kept my mind kept deteriorating. It was literally deteriorating. Mm-hmm. Like people said I was just fucked up, gone. I was emaciated, I was pale, I wasn't eating. Mm-hmm. What if I ate, I would eat like um, cheese and dip, like those sticks mm-hmm. that you dip in cheese. Yeah. Or like stupid things like, and I kept going to the wrong person for help. Mm-hmm. That was the other thing, you know? I kept going to the person I was with or whatever mm-hmm. for help. And that was the wrong person to go to. Yeah. 
I kept reaching out. But it was like people felt there's nothing they could do for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting sidetracked. No, it's all right. Sorry. It's like, it's really complicated. What did that mean? It was, it was about use your voice, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Do you feel, well, I mean, I know you had some concerns about, like, they, they did that story in the paper on you. Yeah. Um, like, I know, like, you know, do you feel like now that, like, everyone knows what happened? You know, people knew. People knew, but no one knew the story. Yeah. But do you feel like, how, like, how does it feel that, like, people knowing what happened, like, have... Do you feel like people are looking at you differently because of that? Or? I I felt that way initially, mm-hmm. that strangers, initially when the story came out, mm-hmm. I was terrified and I sort of left town for a yeah. bit after the show because I felt like, will people still love me? Will people still embrace me? Will people accept me? Well, you know, but I I also soon felt like I was embraced, Mm -hmm. like I was loved, like people were writing me, thank you. Thank Mm -hmm. you for sharing this because it helped me work through something. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing this because I had a friend who committed suicide years ago and your show helped me work through that. Mm-hmm. I lost a son, and it helped me work through that. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for making something so ugly into something beautiful and leading the way, showing people what you do mm-hmm. when things get crazy like that. Mm-hmm. You don't just go in your house and hide no. and cry in a ball. You walk around proud, and you show people and lead the way. And in my head, I knew that sharing this was the right thing to do. That it's not right to feel ashamed. It's not right to be shamed because you committed suicide. It's not, it's not right to be shamed because, you know, you have a history of abuse in your past. Mm-hmm. It's not right to feel like, oh, I was abused, so I'm going to go hide. I'm embarrassed, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not right to hide. You can't hide. A friend said to me, my friend Gabrielle said this, and I thought it was so profound. She said, people keep asking you to hide your suicide and your abuse and everything, your whole path, your brain injury, like the job that fired me. Like People want, people want you to hide your third arm. Or like a third leg. And you're like, guys, but like I have this other arm and I could do all this stuff with it. Yeah. Like, look at what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Look at what I'm fucking doing. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful. And all this beautiful, all these beautiful things are happening. I have all these other abilities I never had before. I feel like the first time in my life, my brain has clicked on. It's clicked on for the first time in my life. Did you feel that way? Like, have you felt that way the whole time or? No. Like, was there It took, yeah, people said in the fall, Mm -hmm. 
the fall of 2018, my brain was still sort of juvenile. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, I just want to have peanut butter cup ice cream and hang out with my friends. Yeah. It was. It was like that. And then it sort of grew and grew. And now it's like I feel I surpassed some. And it feels snobby. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I surpassed some of my peers even. Mm-hmm. I feel really like I need to share what's sparking in my brain. I need to create because I'm finding that when you are honest and when you reveal yourself completely, mm-hmm. it touches other people and it helps them change. It forces them to change. It puts a mirror back on them. Mm-hmm. And they look in it for the first time. Do you feel like, um, I guess, I know you had concerns about like, um, I think you've always had concerns about how people see you. Right. After all this happened. Do you feel like, you? do you feel like you're now that, like you don't have, you don't care about what people think about what happened? I mean, I am a human, so I'm mm-hmm. sensitive. Yeah. I've always been sensitive. Yeah. About things. But I always have like a duality where like I'm sensitive and shy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I feel like I want to share what I create. Mm-hmm. Like my songs or my art, my photography, my writing. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever it is I'm doing, I started painting, like, whatever, like, um, you know, like, I always feel like there's a duality of things. Yeah, I'm insecure. I feel like people are looking at me. People are looking at me to see if, like, there's a wound on me. Mm -hmm. People are looking at me to see if they could see if my face looks different. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about that re- kind of reaction? I sort of feel like uh, it's funny. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it's like I'm here. Yeah. Like I've had people come up to me and talk to me like I'm a child. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, like I'm I'm here. You don't have to be like, oh, how are you? Like, so people who know what happened or you mean like people? Yeah, who people who know what happened and they come up to me. They don't realize that like. Yeah. I, I'm okay. Yeah. It's sort of like, but you don't have to be mean to people. You have to treat other people in a way, like, with love and respect. Like, I'm okay, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, what's next? Are you getting, Are you Are you writing more stuff? Are you still... I mean, are you moving... I guess you don't ever move past it, but are you moving past it or <laughs> you do you, move are, past it? Are you creating new are you creating new music? Yeah. Um well I think after this performance it took us a year mm-hmm. to work up to it. I mean you are talking to like that's the other reason why we did it. Like I literally had to learn how to sing because mm-hmm. I couldn't sing right. Mm-hmm. And I'm still recovering from that still. Yeah. But I had to, I, I wanted to be the example of 
you know, you you can reach goals. You can work up. You can work from nothing to everything. You know, like you don't. So I think now I'm exploring other things. Like I never stop writing. Mm-hmm. I never stop coming up with ideas. Yeah. And organizing them. And now that we did that show, um, I feel even more confident in my work, in my intention, in literally like writing an artist statement. Mm -hmm. I loved it. And so like I have I have many other ideas, but I certainly don't let the cat out of the bag. I love surprises. Well, here's, here's a question. And actually. I like working towards things and letting things, you know, keeping things under wraps instead yeah. of being like, you know, this is what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. So, like, let's say the person you were before all this happened, do you, would you see, do you think you would have seen, if you had to somehow envision this happening, do you think that person would have done what you've done? Or, I mean, do you think... Like, you know, I mean, do you think, like, like you know, let's say you run a mile in four minutes. Do you think you, when the, this was running a mile in four minutes, do you think you would have done that, like, two years ago? No. So you don't think, you think this kind of empowered you a bit or? Yes. Raised your. It's, I have no choice. Like, it keeps me very stable mm-hmm. when I have goals and I reach them. So it's like, no, I never thought, like, I weight trained for a year. Mm -hmm. And when I started weight training, I couldn't even lift five pounds. And I'm not kidding. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I started there very soon out of the hospital. And everyone was like, what the fuck are you doing? Are you crazy? And I'm like, yes, thanks. Yes, I'm crazy. Like, I love it. Now I could just, like, if someone says I'm crazy, I'm like, yes. <laughs> You're normal. You're normal, and that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, you know, like, I, I, yeah, I could barely lift five pounds. And then I was, like, lifting, you know, 20, then 30, then 40, then 50. I mean, I don't really know. I think one time maybe I, like, I didn't, like, I don't know. I was lifting weights and doing things I never thought I would do. So in a way, this kind of empowered you. Yeah. Unlocked And I have no choice. Yeah, like, I have no, it's it's people are like, oh, well, I, I, I do this, that, or the other. And I'm like, well. That's really admirable, mm-hmm. and I sort of wish I had that luxury. But now it's like if I don't sleep, then I can't think. Mm-hmm. If I don't um, walk away from my day that I'm living in, like go into a dark room, like a bathroom for like five minutes, people mm-hmm. are like, what are you doing in there? I'm like, you know, I love being in bathrooms because I could, like, close my eyes and, like, put yeah. lip gloss on and, yeah. you know, um, like, oh, 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 like, just relax. And, like, people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> but um, I have no choice but to be very 
aware and you have to, in order to recover from suicide you have to change everything about your life you have to reinvent yourself mm-hmm. you have to you can't go back and live the same life mm-hmm. you can't go back and like work in an office mm-hmm. like you can't you can't like who you know what i mean you have to change everything mm-hmm. and keep the good things and totally be like goodbye yeah. to anything bad or negative mm-hmm. bad habits because you might you're probably afraid that those bad habits will creep back in and kind of infect you in a way you know yeah sure yeah that's part of it mm-hmm. but the other part is like you get the chance to live again mm-hmm. so what are you going to do with it mm-hmm. and that's so exciting and beautiful Definitely. And that's what I want to inspire people with. Mm-hmm. Like if they get divorced, if they they um, a parent dies, if they lose um, a partner, um, if something like if they have an injury that changes their body, people mm-hmm. don't understand that. Mm-hmm. And um, I already had it hard because I have a genetic disorder. I have a rare genetic disorder. So I have, I've already, like, sort of had difficulties physically. Mm-hmm. But nothing like this. Yeah. So um, you were telling me right before we started this about a new piece of music that uh, Cages has put out. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that. So... Um, when I was in the hospital, um, and basically no one thought that I would wake up from my coma mm-hmm. the same if I did wake up. But like people like Steve Bachkowski, who was there in the hospital with me, or Dave Bailey from Cages, like they're like, she's in there. She's coming back. She's mm-hmm. there. And Steve was like, you have a lot more shows to play. You better wake up. Like, you're coming back. Mm-hmm. We we have got to play shows. Mm-hmm. And the nurse would, like, put the radio behind my head and, like, play music. And, like, she would wash my body and, like, look at my horrible tattoos and, like, ask my family about my tattoos mm-hmm. and, like, I hate my tattoos. I hate them. I'm sorry. Get them off. <laughs> um, so, oh my God, the release. It was basically a collection mm-hmm. of everything, almost everything that Cages has done, mm-hmm. that Dave and I have done together with other people in the community and people all over the country. Mm-hmm. And this release is on Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cagesmusic.bandcamp.com. Mm-hmm. The release is pay as pay what you want. Okay. So you could pay a dollar to 20 to 50. Mm-hmm. And it's a digital download. It's, I think it's five hours of music. That's cool. And I don't want to mispronounce it, 
but um, it's from from some readings that we've done. Um, it's Kunzahai Namshi. That sounds right. And um, <laughs> yeah, so it's so cool. And there's like local musicians mm-hmm. on it, as well as people who aren't local. Mm-hmm. And um, it really captures sort of the history mm-hmm. of the first life mm-hmm. in in the musical sense mm-hmm. and it's a document of that mm-hmm. and um, it's sort of like something a receptacle to sort of sort of like a jewelry box to me that's how I see it Mm-hmm. Like a jewelry box full of a rainbow of sound. <laughs> you know, sound is a rainbow, right? It's yes. like crazy. So it's like... Um, something sort of to close that box and put aside. Mm-hmm. To me, I feel... We're going forward. Mm-hmm. And like... I I... I don't know for sure what the future holds. Mm-hmm. But for the first time, it's like, I'm not worried. That's good. Like, I'm worried. Like, like that's the money that goes, that comes from this release is going directly to me because I was fired from a job because of complications with my injury, um, the employer told me I was slow. After I disclosed to them, I had an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had to rebuild my life. I have medical bills. Mm-hmm. I, I live independently. Um, you know, I wish... You know, I could. I wish I could say that things were different, that the system was set up to support others as they begin their path for healing. But mm-hmm. it, it, I w- basically had a very messy discharge from the hospital. Mm-hmm. There's no plan in place. Um, I have. You know, my income is very limited right now. Um, and I don't know, like I said, what the future holds, but mm-hmm. I know what I have to do always, mm-hmm. which is weird. I don't know why if that, that makes we- sense. Why is that weird? I don't know, because it's like, well, I don't really know how I'll be buying food tomorrow, but yeah, you know it's it's okay. That's good. Cause I feel like you know the universe takes care of me, and I'll take care of the universe. That's how I feel. It's very profound. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but that's that's what you do when you are an artist or you create things mm-hmm. or 
you take care of the universe. You take care of others. Mm-hmm. You show you show them love and compassion. Mm-hmm. And that's what you know. I'm hoping people show us. Like I I know everyone has limited resources, and mm-hmm. I understand that. But um. You know, I, I don't want people to think I'm, like, going to the mall. And like sp- <laughs> I mean, we all know I love my clothes, but... We all know you make some of your clothes. Yes. And my... <laughs> well, my family, that's the other thing people don't realize is that I love my family no matter what. But they... No one knows what to do. When these kind of things happen, and they did get rid of all my costumes. Oh, really? Yeah, I've literally had to rebuild my life. Mm-hmm. Like when I got out of the hospital, like I didn't have a nail clipper. Mm-hmm. Like all the little things mm-hmm. that you had, you know they they didn't know what to keep. Yeah, they did everything they thought was right. Mm-hmm. But how would you ever know what's right for another person? True. True, true, true. Especially if they're a weirdo. <laughs> like, a weirdo. how do you know what they like? You're Nola. Yeah. Not a weirdo. <laughs> You've always been the same Nola for all these years. <laughs> I, I, I feel so much freer now mm-hmm. that I shared my story. I feel like it freed me. Mm-hmm. And I was able to speak to a large group of people at once in a beautiful and profound way. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast once again. And mm-hmm. I think this is your third time now. No. Oh, yeah. We did what? We did the original one. We're sick one. of me. We're we did the sick original of me one. Now. We did the one after everything happened, and now we're doing this one. Yeah. So hopefully this will be up soon. And uh, if people want to check out... What's going on with Cages? Go to, is it cagesmusic.bandcamp.com? Yeah. We have a Facebook, but we both hate Facebook. <laughs> There's like, links to all that stuff. So. I, I don't even like, I don't have the Facebook app. Yeah. I don't even know, like, the password. Like, I hate it. It's Cages. <laughs> Basically, go on the Bandcamp. Yeah. If you can help out, and I think if people can, like, learn your story, that's also very helpful, too. Because that was the message of the show is, like, how do you treat, how how are we treating each other? Mm-hmm. Like, truly, let's, let's look at that. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Mark and Rambles. It's all right.